a lizard. <laughs> start I'm the salamander. music. Did you start the music? No, hold on. Start the music. Don't yell at me. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Intoxicated Ants. We're Hello. Clearly intoxicated. Hello. We did the thing. We, we, we really did. Still sticking true to our name. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's what we bring you. We bring you truth and um, transparency. Comedy. Yep, that too. So yeah. Um, but right now, we're going to bring you guys a few announcements, because there's a lot of things that have changed since our last episode. Oh my goodness, so many things. Um, uh, well, I moved. Ta-da! Yeah, so... Now, um, um, my partner and I have a brand new house, which means we have a space not only for my studio, which we're hanging out in right now. I love my studio. It's my favorite room in the entire house. But we also have a space for our business. And that room needs a little bit of work. Just but, a little bit. But I feel like, you know, I mean, it's this is definitely a project house. Yeah, it is. And I yeah. but the thing is, is like I really like this house for us because it not only gives you your space for mm-hmm. like your painting and everything like that, but it gives bubbles and brushes its space down below. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it gives Russ his space out in the, the, out garage, the garage, which is a whole ass pole a whole time capsule, basically. There's so much the, stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, the previous owner, they passed away within these last couple of years. Um, and we have a, a groundhog named Otis. Oh yeah, I forgot you guys named the groundhog. <laughs> we have named him Otis. Yeah, he's pretty rad. He's pretty sweet, man. Um, but anyway, um, so that's, I think our biggest announcement, um, Mm -hmm. for the day, but we do have, um, another thing that we want to talk about. We just want to kind of offer like a special thanks, um, to a local organization that has really, you know, helped us out in recent months. Um, yes. So it's called Petunias and they are a consignment shop and basically, um, People can bring in like their their used goods and you know similar to Goodwill, but what they do with the profits is they take that, turn around, and they help people out with like emergency vet bills. So, oh, wow. um, some of you know, some of you don't. I, I kind of keep my personal stuff off of Facebook for the most part, unless it's something like dire emergency. I need info now, um, and then I'm gonna reach out, <clears throat> but. Nala was having issues and um, she basically needed to be fixed and she had like a an infection that they had to, had to clean out and it was basically a life or death situation and we called Petunias because I had heard from someone previous uh, who had issues with their cat that they needed help and Petunias helped them out and they paid half the bill which was extraordinary considering that we've got all of the issues and problems and bills that come with being a new homeowner. Um, and it definitely eased our worries because we knew we could cover some of it, but we didn't, we knew we weren't going to be able to cover all of it. Well, and it also kind of, I think it eased your worries too, because, you know, she's like your baby. Oh yeah. Like all of my cats are like my children. Yeah. And I know, I remember whenever you texted me and told me what was going on, like I was terrified I yeah was like, i was freaking out you know because she's she's the youngest of your cats isn't she no no <laughs> binks is actually is my binks youngest really the wow. yeah even though binks is bigger yeah. um nala's just the runt but oh, well nala reminds me of pixel who was my cat she was a, a munchkin oh 
I think Nala was just the runt of her litter. Like, I don't even know much about her. I just know that um, they found her in a parking lot and she was given up to the pound. I couldn't even uh, get her at first because she was too young. And they had to give her shots and stuff. But, but she's doing well now. The surgery went great and she's, you know, she's perfectly fine. She's very healthy, very happy, very loved. Very annoying. <laughs> uh, she sleeps a lot more now, which is uh, nice. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've heard that getting cats fixed usually, like, calms them down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so... I remember um, Winchester was that way. Like, oh my gosh, he was a ball of energy, and whenever we got him fixed, he just kind of, like, laid around, and then he got fat. <laughs> well, huge. I've been trying to do a better job of, like, interacting and playing with my cats more now, because we need to set up an outside area for them before we actually let them outside because we're really close to a very busy road and yeah yeah but, but yeah but so yeah. shout out to petunias um definitely consider donating your stuff there if you're not a big fan of goodwill yeah absolutely um because this is a place that i can personally say and i know others that i know have gotten help from petunias and, and they um, stay true to their mission yeah they stay true to their mission and it was basic pretty much no questions asked like oh, wow. you know we had to we had to go to their preferred um hospital right. which we had been to anyway which was princeton hospital and they're fantastic that's good and they took us in at the last minute like it was incredible um but yeah so if you ever want to give away some of your stuff you want to do a nice um swedish death cleansing oh gosh um which i want to watch that show with you okay that's coming up on on peacock i think it's on peacock okay yeah um, we'll have to watch it because you've told me a little bit about swedish death cleaning or cleansing cleaning cleaning cleaning, cleaning. cleaning. i did it i did the thing but yeah um just give your stuff to them donate it and they will gladly you know put it to use absolutely that's awesome yeah so um now we're just going to kind of, I guess, jump into things. Um, so Yeah, do we... Um, uh, we don't really have any other announcements. We didn't go to Indy because it was our friend's graduation. Oh, yeah. Shout out to our friend Amanda for graduating Ooh, paramedic school. Paramedic now? We're She's super, all official at, and shit. Look at you becoming a paramedic and shit. I know. It's on her journal I, that I got her. I love that. I love that journal. Yeah, no, like, we were super proud of her. Mm -hmm. um, it was super great to be able to go to her graduation. And we got was, the gang together. Like, uh -huh. It was great. It was a great time because... Um, because we all got to the the earth sign trio got to hang out and um you know full moon was fun um yeah and we got to hang out for my birthday we, we rang in my birthday and i'm now officially part of the 30s so welcome to the club my friend um, I don't feel 30, though. Here's the th I've had a lot more fun in my 30s than I ever did in my 20s. Oh, I did not have fun in my early 20s because that's I was trying to get my shit together <laughs> and just trying to survive. Well, now I'm, I'm going to be in your 30s and still trying to get your shit well, together. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like I'm always going to be trying to get my shit together. But at least I'm not surviving now. Now I'm yeah. like living you're not living paycheck to paycheck you're living direct oh, deposit no, I'm, to I'm, direct deposit i was gonna say I'm, I'm definitely still living paycheck to paycheck no, it's direct deposit to direct deposit <laughs> that just depends on who buys my art at the time yeah that that is true um buy our art buy our shit go to etsy and buy our shit um shameless self-promotion there um 
But yeah, so today's episode is actually kind of like an interview type thing. Um, we're going to do a uh, get to know the artist as Brie takes a giant drink of her beverage, mm-hmm. <laughs> preparing herself for these questions that I have prepared for her. Well, yeah, because I feel like now I've finally hit a point. Um, those of you who, who have been with me since day one, this has turned into something completely different than I ever thought that I ever could have dreamed of. When I started this back when I was 23, um, you know, it was just, it was just a dream. That's, that's all it was. And now I'm like, you, you kind of have to remind yourself that where you are is where you wanted to be once. And so, you know, yeah, the struggle is still real. I still have issues, you know, maintaining, um, money on a regular basis from selling my personal artwork. But I supplement that with other things, you know, like oh, yeah. I do readings. I work at Painting with a Twist as an independent contractor. <clears throat> so, I mean, I get to be an artist full time, essentially. Yeah, which is, I think that's super Make my awesome. own schedule, do what I want. Well, and you're you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that people say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But the thing that's is, though, though that's, that's a, a lie. lie because it's still work. I will, I will tell everyone here, anyone who ever wants to say that to me. I will tell you it is a straight up life because if anything, I feel that I have to work harder. Exactly. Doing what I love than doing so. Now, don't get me wrong. Working in an industry or working for other people or companies that I don't want to work to work for is mentally draining on me. Right. Because I'm not allowing my creativity. Right. You're stuck in a box. Yeah. But when it comes to running your own shit, all eyes are on you. Yeah, because if you fuck up, there's nobody that can. Right, you or know, if you there's des- nobody that takes the fall. right, right, or if you decide one day you just don't want to fucking do it anymore, you have a lot of people to answer to. Yeah, you know, and then I mean, technically, I don't like if I didn't want to, I wouldn't have to answer to anyone. But I mean, you'd have to answer to me because I would ask why. Right, like, but that's not that's not who I am. I'm not gonna just like dip out and not have an explanation for right. myself. Like, and I feel like it would have to be something like extremely significant for you to even like remotely think about giving up because I mean, you and I have both said multiple times over that giving up is never an option. Mm-hmm. You know, failure is not <laughs> attempting or not trying. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've, I mean, I have, I have failures on an option tattooed on my back. Do you really? I do. Oh, because wow. my, my uh, grandpa used to say that all the time, and I've I've always looked at failure as as not like your failures are not who you are because they're just events that are inevitable and part of what like that's part of growth. Yeah, you have to fail in order to grow and get better. Otherwise, either you're not trying hard enough or you're not learning anything. Um, I want to say there's like it's a fail again, fail better. There's a quote. I'll, mm-hmm. I would have to look it up because I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it's in a Criminal Minds episode, and Jason Gideon <laughs> says it. I, I'm back on my Criminal Minds bullshit. Um, but, but but yeah, so that's I define failure as like just giving up on myself, and that's that's not something I, I ever see myself doing. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna kind of do a little bit of an interview with with Bree today. Yes, and this is a special episode because. Um, this is kind of for all of you out there, like, um, really quick. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you, Colbs. <laughs> um, usually I'm interrupting you. I'm so sorry. Um, but this is a special episode because this is for those of you who know a little bit about what's going on with our home situation. Like, 
we're having issues finding our septic and stuff like that. Now we're down to one vehicle and it's just one of those things that like things keep piling up and big things keep happening. So I put a shout out on Facebook and I told people like, listen, I don't like charity. I don't have a problem like working for what I earn. I've got some art. We need to pay bills. I have some art to sell. Let's go. What do you got for me? And the amount of support that came out just yeah. was crazy. It was incredible. Yeah. It, and I had several buyers um, take a, a originals home, originals that I've had for like two or three years yeah. that I've held on to. Um, I love that. That's, that's and, yeah. So it, it was it was awesome. So this is kind of like a, a little thank you because I don't like to... I don't know. I will only show people in my everyday a little portion of who I am. A lot of what I do and who I am, I like to keep behind closed doors because it's not for everybody. And it's not, I don't know. It's just, there's something sacred about keeping a part of yourself to just you. Yeah, exactly. Like for like, and I'm sure like musicians, and actors and, you know, I mean, people, yeah. people who are, constantly you know berated by things like paparazzi or or constant you know hagglers or not hagglers hecklers um, hecklers thank you that's the right word hecklers on facebook and stuff like that like it's nice to keep a part of yourself to, to you yeah. yeah and and that's the thing is like that's something that's the side of us that like because i mean we're creatives let's mm-hmm. be real you know we are essentially entertainment industry adjacent um especially with us running on the convention circuit. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's one of those things where, like, we're not directly in the industry, but we know exactly how that operates. We know how it operates. adjacent. Yeah. So, like, we know how the industry operates. We know, uh, you know, the pressures that people are under. And so, like, you know, we may not be actively in it, but we know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. And so that's why, like, this is a really special episode because, like, I, I don't know what questions you have for me. I don't know how personal we're getting here, but... Okay, well, you know what? Since you have no idea, we're going to just jump in. Oh, Um, buddy. So the first question I have, actually, is um, who are your biggest artistic influences? Um, This is a who, so it's people. Well, I mean, can I do living and dead yeah absolutely like it doesn't matter if they're living or dead it's okay who are your biggest influences artistically okay well i'm gonna start with my big one you know you probably already know the answer because mm-hmm, i have a tapestry on my wall um van gogh of course yep um just i will because... never forget that exhibit oh my gosh it made me cry i i didn't talk for like the whole half hour it was just it was it was amazing if you haven't gone and seen like the Vincent Van Gogh, the exhibits. Beyond Van Gogh. Yeah, you gotta go see it. Check it out. It's amazing. They're doing one for like Monet too now. I'd actually, oh. I'd actually love to go see that too. I'm kind of, I'm a little weird with Monet. I like some of Monet's work. He does a lot of he because his is primarily landscapes. Yeah, yeah. Although he does flowers, do, waters, yeah. games. He always did his his use of color though is extremely well mm-hmm. like i love that i love his blending yes but yeah van gogh is just one of my favorites um not only for the techniques and the way he used them and how he basically revolutionized uh revolutionized there we go i said it wrong <laughs> i was like that's not a word revolutionized the art world 
and didn't even get to do so until he passed. I think he's only sold like he, one he painting. Sold, I, he yeah. Is it, I, I don't know why I'm thinking eight, but I think one is correct. Like in the three years or so that he painted. Um, and he just has a really tragic story. Like a lot of people don't know that Starry Night was created when he was in the insane asylum. Yeah, it's the view from his window. Which is why I want, I've got a um, Van Gogh piece I'm working on now in uh, is it the push pins. Yeah, and I want to make it like a 3D effect where I put it looking like it's behind a window of bars oh. to get that feeling okay. of what he felt. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Starry Night is definitely my favorite piece simply because... It's, yeah, it's classic. Well, it's classic, but at the same time, like, when you learn the story behind it, especially because, like, I... I myself struggle with mental illness. Yeah. And, you know, I've got a lot of, you know, childhood trauma that I'm still trying to work through even as an adult. And, you know, seeing that he has taken something like so tragic and so damaging and turned it into something so beautiful. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like so many people are like, oh, yeah, we'll find the beauty in negative spaces. It's like, no, he flipped the script. Oh, yeah. He and and he was such a deep thinker. He's he's right up there with like the grades, like my personal opinion like oh yeah. uh, plato aristotle and things like yeah. that because if you listen if you read some of the um the letters that he sends to his brother yeah they're they're very very they're eloquent just, as yes book. and they're and they're deep thinking type you know the, the way he yeah. speaks is just well, and he was so he was so close with his brother. They had that bond that not a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, because well, and his brother was essentially his benefactor. Yeah, like he he took care of him and he like paid for his art and um, he you know he essentially took care of him. And Vincent was always the kind of person that just kept trying, no matter like how many times. No matter how many um, times he got knocked down. Yeah. And at the same time, like, he's just this very quiet kind of plain man that just existed in the shadows. I see a lot of that in you as an artist. Not, like, the quiet, plain, I mean, you're quiet, but... Um, oh, you think I'm quiet? I don't think I showed up a lot quieter than me a lot of the time. Um, but, you know, you... You just... You, you take certain aspects of life and you you phrase them and you paint them in such a way that you know like it it makes you think yeah i i do like to do a lot of messages and layering in my work i like to i take a lot of that from uh which is actually segues beautifully into another one that i really like which is uh da vinci okay um, yeah I love Da Vinci's work. I, I and not even just his artistic work. The you know he he made a um, oh, what are they called? Cryptics that oh, yeah. if you try to break it, it the the glass it released vinegar and it would ruin the message on the inside. And so I love the idea of playing around with different things in my art that people thousands of years from now can look at and try to decipher. Oh, now you got me wondering with the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> 
<clears throat> Dude, I love the Da Vinci Code. I'm 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 super into that kind of thing. Like I, I mean, but you and I both we both love puzzles. Like that's kind of something like we bond yeah. over. Um, well, even one of my favorite, um, I, I love uh, people who are furniture makers that design puzzles yes. within their furniture. Oh I love gosh. that. Now National treasure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there is a president's secret book. I don't care what anyone says, and Desk. it has all of our nation's wildest secrets. Everything, yes. Um, that's a whole other episode. Uh -huh. we'll it Watergate. We'll get into conspiracy theories in another episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's going to be the a Kennedy lot. assassination. That's going to be a lot more intoxication. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, I can go on, on about that. Yeah, well, I mean, and so obviously you've got... Oh, you know what we didn't do? We did Some not tell people our drink of the well, night. We didn't. We didn't tell people our drink of the night. What I is our drink of the night, that. Colby? Um, it's kind of something that I made up. I, we haven't come up with a name. So if you want to name this drink, um, send us a message and let us know what you'd like to name it. But tonight's drink is a mixture of pineapple rum, coconut rum, pineapple juice, and orange juice. Um, and then I added a little bit of Code Red Mountain Dew to mine to add a little bit of cherry to it. And With a little um, wedge of pineapple. We pineapple. actually have maraschino cherries. What? I didn't know that. I just got them. <gasps> do we need to pause to go get maraschino cherries? No, because I will it. do that whenever I make another drink because mine is good right now. Um, so yeah, that's the drink. And if you want to name it, then, uh, send us a message and tell us what you would like to name this. I feel um, like this is already a drink. I, I feel like why. it is too, but because it, it seems like a drink that's already been made. Probably. Um, but you know what? This is going to be something special to the intoxicated ants nope. because I don't no. care what Pinterest says. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So are there any other artistic influences that you have? Mm. Shout out to Bob Ross. All hail Bob Ross. I love me some Bob Ross. The absolute legend he is. Yes, I think that he was just a beautiful soul. And I think that he created beautiful work. And actually, there is an artist that I follow right now. Oh, what is his name? Because there's, there's several artists I follow right now that are just some of my well, top people. The thing is, is Bob Ross didn't earn a dime from his oh, like, no. painting series. Also, fun fact, he filmed that in Muncie, Indiana. Oh, I did not know that. So we can take a road trip. That's cool. <laughs> but there is an artist right now who is basically recreating Bob Ross, oh, but wow. in his own way. Oh, I love that. And he do, he uses Bob Ross's colors. He use, he does the same holding the palette the same way. But he kind of does the way, the way I'm going to equate this. He did what Will Smith did for Robin Williams in the live-action Aladdin so movie. So he puts his own kind of spin on it. Yes. Okay, I love that, yeah. But, and it's weird, though, because as I watch this artist, I think his name is Josh something. Um, but he, I think without even realizing it, or maybe he does, I don't know, even his mannerisms and the way that he speaks is very, very close to Bob Ross. Oh, and wow. that's what, for me, hit Tom, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is nostalgic for me. Yeah. I fucking love this, because like, I loved Bob Ross growing up. I, remember, I mean, who, how can you not? I remember when they first started streaming The Joy of Painting on Twitch. Mm -hmm. This was several years ago, and it was back when... And it's on Netflix now. Yeah, well, and it was back when Twitch was kind of still, like, getting its... its it was getting its legs, and yeah. they basically did a marathon stream of the joy of oh. painting, and that blew. Up. Oh, I bet it went viral, and I it bet. got to the point where when that stream stopped, 
people were upset. <laughs> like there were emails going to Twitch, like bring how back could Bob you Ross. Do this? How, bring how dare you back Bob Ross? And yes. I mean, they ended up bringing it back. He has a whole channel. There's a whole channel. I love and that. Every, you know they'll stream, but now you know we've got it on Netflix. Yeah, and you know it's just it's one of you those can't, things. Bob Ross can't die. Oh he no, can't. absolutely like, not. No. Like just like he, Betty White, Robin Williams, the greats. They will they will live on forever. Um, yeah, that's definitely Bob Ross. I can definitely see. I mean, I bought you a Bob Ross chia pet yeah. for your birthday last year. That I still haven't planted anything because <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. We'll have um, to do that soon. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to walk me through it. Um, do we need to pause? No. Okay. I'm just. I'm sorry. Um. So we've got. <clears throat> but uh. So those are like those are ones that have passed away that are my favorites. Um. My current ones that um are really making oh, their way in the art world. There's so many that I follow. I just found one that does like like 3d painting with this weird modeling paste and i'm like okay well i want to do that right that's cool that's because i've seen some people do it with regular acrylic paint but this has a different texture to it okay um but uh one of my all-time favorites is katrina coltis she does uh spiritual artwork and her work is incredible she actually went through the milan art institute program that I am currently going through. And I started watching her maybe a couple years ago when she was just doing watercolor. And when she went through this program, her art took off. It oh, like wow. exploded and it was incredible. And it's been incredible to, to watch her ever since and kind of um, take some of her techniques and implement that into my work. She's a lot of the inspiration for like my galactic work. Okay. I see something that she does and I'm like, okay, well now I want to do that. She did like a, a painting a while back that was like a, a Viking painting. And I was like, okay, well now I want to do, I've been wanting to do a yeah, Viking painting for I like know. two years. Yeah, you've had one, like, I think ever since you met me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I gained a lot of inspiration from her. She's one of my favorites. Um, I have a couple of watercolor artists that I follow that are my favorites. Um, this, but I can't, I'm terrible with their names. Well, um, if you can't remember them, what we can do is, um, for our listeners, um, we'll get a list of everybody that we talk about and yes. we'll put it in the description so that you guys can find these people, follow them, check out their artwork and all that stuff. Because, you know, yeah, we're artists, but we also like to support other artists. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there's a watercolor artist who he's very soft spoken and he, his watercolor is extraordinary because it literally does not look like watercolor. Wow. Um, it, he takes so much time. He'll, he'll do like these cool things where he'll put like a goldfish in a vase full of flowers what? or um, just weird little things. But he recently had an accident last year Aww. and it affected his artwork, but he's slowly coming back and he just, I don't know how the man does it, but he has a lot of patience for his work because I don't think I could have the patience for his work. <laughs> I look at it. I'm like, Oh my God, I would love to do that. But it's like hyper realism kind of stuff. Oh, wow. And he's incredible. I think his name is Daniel something. It's amazing. Um, and then, okay. My last watercolor artist that I've been following for probably a few months now, her name is Caitlin page and she is doing, or she just came back from doing what I've always wanted to do which is take my work on tour for like a summer 
and go to different places all over the United States and go to festivals and stuff like that and just sell prints and originals and basically built up stock of like stuff with my artwork on it. Like she's got notebooks and coasters and tapestries and all sorts of stuff like that with her artwork on it. She's also a watercolor artist and hers is the same way as his. Like it's, it's so detailed that it, it surprises you that it's watercolor, uh-huh. but hers is more, there's a lot of galactic witchy type things that I do in my work. Okay. Um, but I love her work and I love her booth setup and everything like that. So those are right now a few of my favorite artists. Okay. Sorry, I'm not better with the names. Colby wouldn't let me know what the uh, questions were tonight. That's because it takes the fun out of this. That's true. It does. Um, but all I right. Recollect so names later. Next question: Where do you find inspiration? Everywhere. 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 Literally everywhere. I find inspiration in the world around me. I find inspiration in people that I'm close to. Um, I find inspiration when I find a kindred soul, which is very rare, but I find them. Um, I find inspiration from other people's artwork. I, I find a lot of my inspiration for pieces from music. Music is a big one for me because when I connect to an artist and what they're what they're saying and because a lot of people they don't really pay attention to the message that's inside a song and so um again I'm going to shout out an artist um uh named Aniko and they are um an up-and-coming kind of like spiritual musician they have an incredible voice they rap but it's like one of those you have to be paying attention to what's actually being said to understand the whole song do we have their music on our official playlist or no uh we know because i just recently found okay um but like when i heard their music i was like i literally went fuck I was like, holy shit, like that hit, just it hits different. Um, I find a lot of inspiration from nature, animals, plants, things like that. Um, But I think I probably find most of my inspiration from my personal work and the style that I've been developing right now, all from the stars. Um, when I look at the stars, I feel like I'm at home and that is only, that is a certain feeling that only, only certain individuals will have because it's hard to quantify and explain. But I mean, as you know, and as a lot of people who've been following me recently know, like I've been kind of getting more and more within the last couple of years into very galactic work with planets and stars and um i've done a piece with like a black hole in it and i like to do a lot of like galaxies um there are a lot of abstract elements in in your work but they all tie in to form something cohesive yeah it's it's a balance of abstract and unknown but 
with something that it can you can see solidifies itself within the piece. See, I love I love how you said abstract and unknown because that's something that I think a lot of people are afraid of. They're afraid of the abstract. They're afraid of the unknown. And oh, absolutely. Bringing that to the light, it shows that you know there's you know yeah you're gonna be afraid of these things, but at the same time, if you work towards you know working through all of that then everything is going to work itself out in the end well yeah and, and i think that's one thing and you actually bring up a very good point because i think that's one thing that people don't understand that as artists that is how we deal with things that is like how we get through because it, it is there are times where it's a real struggle to be an artist because you don't know when you're going to get paid again. And that is stressful as fuck. Yeah. Um, there's times where you create something that you look at and you think is absolutely magnificent and you didn't hit the target market you were hoping. You know, there's a lot of letdowns and, and, and there's a lot of like pieces of the puzzle that come together and there's a lot of obstacles along the way. Like, I, I, I think to most people it's like this romanticized thing living an artist's life and it should be like because it is but that doesn't mean it doesn't have its trade-offs if yeah. that makes sense oh yeah that okay now I know you haven't watched it hmm. but we are going to have to watch Rent like oh yeah I've been told that we have to I need you to watch it so that's what we're gonna do soon okay um so while we're on the subject of kind of like your style and everything like that like how has your style evolved since you like first started out as like as an artist? Like, and I don't mean like started out as like a business as you an mean artist, just period. But, like, I mean just period. Like thirteen year old oh. Brie in her bedroom, you know, doing that kind of thing. Oh man, um, wow, that's a journey. Um, I will try my best to make this short. Um, <laughs> uh, when I first started out, I. I was a very angry child for a lot of reasons. Um, without going into too much personal stuff, I dealt with, you know, abuse. Um, and I don't know, I was just really angry for a really long time because I didn't get the family I had hoped I would get. Yeah. Um, but those of you listening, that know about star seeds and stuff like that you kind of it's it's a thing you sign up for like i'm gonna go i'm gonna get a little spiritual on you but um <laughs> that's what i'm here for i'm here to go through really tough shit to help other people like evolve mentally i guess yeah like i mean even just having known you in the short time i've known you like i've evolved as a person yeah and and in the same it's a give and take too because i also evolved learning from others as well so it's not like a um it, it's it's a balance it's a give and take because people who teach also are people who learn like and you can't be wise without understanding that you will always and forever be learning. Yeah, it's it's you can't have one without the other. It's that yin and yang. Yeah. It's the balance. Um, but my work has so when I was young, I was very angry for a very long time, and 
at first I didn't really have. <laughs> she dropped. Don't a, judge me for she dropping my a pineapple. Piece of pineapple. Um, but I didn't have any ideas in my head, and this is a, a thing that people that I talk to who are either interested in art or interested. It's mostly people I see interested in getting back into art. Mm-hmm are the people that are like, oh, well, all I can do is copy off of other artists. And I'm like, listen, that's how I fucking started out. But I didn't sell my shit. It was just for for practice. practice. Right. So I think that if you can find, and there's a lot of images out there that you can find that that aren't taken and stuff like that. Like you can, I I will find a lot of like basic drawings and stuff like that. Yeah, like that basic, like that base of yeah, what you're, but, you're trying to get. But like 2008, you're, you're like um, that Brie. No, she she took some people's work and she just drew it. And so that's how I started out was basically copying other people's work. Because, number one, because I didn't know any better and I wasn't trying to make a living off of it. It was just something I enjoyed yeah, to do. Yeah, it was just something to do. Um, and it was my way of dealing with things. Like I, shocker, I got in trouble a lot, uh, (laughs) for talking too much. And so I got in school detention a lot because I talked too much to the point where I had a teacher in one of my classes keep moving me around, uh, and she finally understood that you have to sit me by myself because otherwise I'm going to just keep making new friends. Like, and that's what ended up happening. Like she would just move me around the room and I'd make friends with the new person that I got sat next to. That's fantastic. So, you know, but so I, I did a lot of artwork in there and it was my, basically my escape. Um, fast forward through high school, uh, because I, I didn't really, I only took like a class my senior year because I was mostly in band and I had to have like language credits and all that shit. Oh, but uh, I got into some really bad relationships. Um, you know the ones. Everybody's got those. Uh-huh. You know the ones. The, the ones where you have to deal with trash-ass motherfuckers. Uh-huh, drug dealers and abuse and stuff like that. So it wasn't a great time um, because I didn't know... Were you like 19 Yeah, you know, we're gonna... Do what? Was it like age 19, 20-ish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. And then some all the way up to about 21, I'd say. Yep. Um, because, you know, <laughs> coming from a dysfunctional family, I didn't know how to... I didn't know my own worth at right. the time. But so during that time, I... I didn't uh, really create much at all because um, I was super depressed and just trying to live. You're just trying to survive. Yeah, I, yeah, that's basically what it was. When I wasn't even living. I was just trying to survive. Yeah, when you're in survival mode, like creative oh, is the last thing. I and mind. it's and it's and it's hard because like, and this is why I have a real problem with people who like look down to their noses at people who are just trying to get by like on food stamps or whatever, stuff like that. Being homeless fucking sucks. And I know because I've dealt with it. And it's hard because people are like, oh, well, why don't you get a job? I had two of them. And I worked full time. I worked days at uh, TJ Maxx during the week. I worked nights at Logan's Roadhouse. And then I worked doubles on the weekends at Logan's Roadhouse. 
and I was getting minimum wage. And as most people know, you can't live off of seven twenty-five an hour. Exactly. It's not possible. So I didn't do much art during that time, but um, I finally started getting to the point um, that I would do art on and off for a while, for a few years, um, in my free time. And then when I was 23, I, I don't know what I was doing. I found this thing on Pinterest where it was like the letters for little kids' rooms. Oh yeah. And it was like a very generic, you could tell it was Disney princesses. And I was like, oh, I could paint that. And, uh, I did, and it was a big hit, and I had, like, 15 orders in the first week. Um, and I didn't know anything about business at all, and I charged $3 a letter. I think the first time I ever heard that was your price, (laughs) I, like, looked at you in such a way (laughs) that, like, our ancestors are like, well, you know what, she's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. oh man but i i've seen those letters and they're super cute you yeah you did a really 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 good yeah job i actually those. have a whole i still keep my binder portfolio of the pictures i took of them in case because every once in a while not often but every once in a while i'll get like an old client who will come back and ask me for it and i yeah i gotta do it well yeah and like i mean when when family but now members... i charge ten dollars a letter yeah, well, and then, you know, family members, they make a great gift. Mm-hmm. Because I'm poor, and I don't like to spend money on shit for people, so we'll just give them a handmade gift. <laughs> that's true. That's the, that's the nice thing about having a business, is, like, if you can't afford to get somebody a gift, you know, you just pull something from stock, you know? Pull something on there. off of the inventory list. Um, but, yeah, so my first uh, official customer was Amanda. My bestie, my my soul sister, and uh, I did a uh, Doctor Who theme, and each one was different. And I actually went so far as to learn the Doctor Who alphabet. Oh, um, Gallifrey? Sure. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't uh, watch Doctor Who, but I know she does. I I love Doctor Who. I looked up the letters so that on each letter I have it on like painted on each letter I love that that's fantastic um and I just basically someone would give me kind of a generic idea and I would go with it and I had a lot of fun with it because I went I would get like make each letter a different theme you know like one I got to do was for my cousin Hannah her daughter Mariah and she wanted nothing but Harley Quinn and I was like okay, this is going to be a challenge, and I did it. Each one is completely different. Right. Well, and that's the thing with, like, certain with certain subject matters is, you know, you, there are dozens of iterations of different things, especially mm-hmm. characters like Harley Quinn. And, you know, yeah, and there's so many ways that you can spin it that doesn't have to be, like, you know, it's not the a actual paste. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that. And just over time... It started evolving and growing, and um, a big turning point that kind of started. Oh, okay, well, uh, we're going to have to cut this one short because we're going to come back because, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to take a break. 
break time. Refill our beverages. Snack time. Oh, Have no. some snacks. Oh, no. Did you drop the pineapple, too? Only, See, on, only on the table. Karma. Um, so, yeah, we're we'll going to take a short pineapple. break, and then we'll be back to finish up this wonderful interview with Bree. With um, more of the intoxicated ants. Um, we had to take a break. You, our interview with Bree, uh, but we had to take a break because I had to stretch and we had to refill our drinks and we had to pee. <laughs> um, that's what happens when you drink alcohol. So be responsible, kids. And stay at home. <laughs> and don't leave your house. Don't leave your house because guess what? You don't have to pay a cover charge. Um, you don't have to pay for drinks. You don't have to get dressed up. Which, don't get me wrong. I like getting dressed up. But sometimes I just like fading my PJs right? and drinking. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I don't have any makeup on right now. My hair is thrown up in a bun. It is ratchet as hell. I literally came here straight from work. I so have ratty hair. I have my hair up in a clip and I just, I look a hot mess, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh. We were talking about your art style and how it's evolved over the years. And my art journey. (laughs) Your adventure. Um, But yeah, so let's see. Um, A big turning point was when Whitney, actually, one of my really good friends, my sassy friend. um, I love Whitney so much. I do too. um, She was like, hey, Bree, why don't you consider taking your stuff to conventions and I was like what and she was like listen you should take your stuff to nerd conventions see what happens you know and and test it out and I was like hmm I don't know about that way so I kind of like shoved it off for a little bit because I just wasn't confident enough to be able to do something like that and um I don't know came back around And I started uh, doing research and I was really particular about making sure that I chose something that I felt like I could handle um, because I didn't want to do like a really big or or even a medium sized convention because, you know, I I had never been to a convention before, let alone as a vendor. Right. And so I went to FlatCon and... um, that has been probably one of my favorite conventions ever since because it's I've made some of the longest lasting relationships with vendors at FlatCon. Yeah, they they they're really like it's like a giant family reunion. Yeah, really. it absolutely is, and I get excited every time we I see them, and I actually want to go to more conventions with them, um, but they kind of run on a different circuit than we do. Yeah, because they're all in Illinois. Yeah. They're all in Illinois. And they have their own, yeah, and so we can't always afford to, you know, go and and travel and stuff like that. But, you know, hopefully in the in the not-so-distant future we'll be able to, you know, get things going and yeah. start going to more events and stuff like that with our crew. Yeah, because I've been, you know, selling more work and eventually um, I'm going to be getting more prints of some of my most recent pieces that just sold. Um but yeah, so I, I finally took her advice, and it was a great time. I, I enjoyed myself. Um, they taught me a lot. Um, uh, Megan taught me a lot from Meg's Crafty Creations. And they all just basically took me under their wing, and I had an amazing time. And it's this really small um, tabletop gaming convention, and 
It's like a pocket size to Gen Con, I think. Yeah, that's kind of so what I would cute. Call it. I love it. I loved it. They they played this game called Aerodrome, where the same couple runs it every year, and you know you get to come back, and I have a, a little badge, and a little card about my first victory, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then, not so not too long after that is when you and I went to EvilCon because yeah. that was my second convention and it was your first as a vendor. Yeah, it was my first as a vendor because I had been to a couple of conventions before that. Yeah. And so um, that's when you had Oakley's Apothecary. Oh my gosh. And which I still love the name, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, if we ever... We ever rebrand for any reason because we like to rebrand our stickers and our labels. Are we really bubbles and and brushes if we haven't changed our packaging at least a hundred times? At least, at least. Um, In fact, we're changing. uh, We're in the middle of changing our setup right now. As far as like our our color theme, we kind of want to have something that's a little more cohesive. Yeah, and to our of, styles. Yes, it's our styles and that it, we want to go with. Fortunately, our styles have a lot of intersect, which is, I think, amazing. Yeah, so, so be on the lookout because Bubbles and Brushes is coming at you with a different uh, look. Same attitude, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same, same attitude. So Just a different look. You get what you get. And <laughs> you don't it's, throw a fit. It's the same attitude with glitter on it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and so... Pretty much the rest is history, you know. We've been to several conventions now, and it's gotten to the point where I have uh, been able to get my work in galleries, and um, uh, I've sold my work at different little, like, hole-in-the-wall places around Evansville. So I've slowly started to make my name a name for myself in the art community. Um, I've done a collab with. Um, one of our poets and uh, I don't know I just I've created a lot of work that has been in a lot of different spaces around Evansville and I'm hoping that in what I'm hoping for the future is that I get to do more murals and stuff like that after I get done with school but uh, where it currently stands I'm I'm still in school getting through this it's a self-paced curriculum so to speak um, but I'm in, I'm enjoying everything I've learned and how I've evolved as an artist throughout this whole time because I just keep finding more of myself along the way. Yeah, like I remember whenever we first met and I was like, you know, I saw your art and everything. And that was whenever you were still doing like 8 by 10 canvases. Yeah. Which if you see us at an event, please buy a canvas. Oh my God. We you know, literally... if it's your birthday, I'll give it to you for yeah, free. Seriously. Because that's my please, shit from like three years ago. Please take these canvases. We're We're desperate. (laughs) But yeah, you were still doing the eight by 10 canvases and you know, a lot of it was just, it was a lot of duplicates because you were trying to essentially mass produce the same image on a canvas. And you know, whenever you're doing that by hand, it's time. Yeah. Cause I'm stubborn and I didn't want to be a digital artist. Exactly. Which, and I don't, I don't have like, I have, in fact, I have mad respect for digital artists because I fucking hate technology. (laughs) And so and I've even got myself like a rinky-dink crappy little app and got a little crappy um, like tablet thing. Tablet pen thing. Fucking hated it. Never <laughs> never will do it again. For me personally as an artist, 
there's just something about the feeling of having a paintbrush in my hand and it just and I love getting covered in paint like I'll end up with little dots of I know, paint I everywhere. I see your apron and I remember whenever yeah. that thing had nothing on it. <laughs> oh, it was like completely so barren. Much... Now there's so much on it. I know and I'm afraid to put it in the washer or dryer because I don't know how much chemicals have built up on here and I'm not trying to blow up my dryer. <laughs> hey, we could do the laundry stripping thing on that. That'd be fun. Oh, that's true. Oh my try... gosh. We'll, we'll do that in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, it's definitely been an interesting ride. I've enjoyed the whole thing. It turned out so much better than I ever thought. Like I knew I was one in my own studio, but like I look around the studio and it's fucking beautiful. Oh yeah. And like, I worked really hard to put it together. Russ worked really hard to help me put it together. And it's, a, it's a very you space. Yeah, and I feel like when I'm in here, I am content, I'm at peace, I'm happy. And yeah, we have other issues with the, you know, going on with the house and stuff like that. But like, this is your escape. Where I'm at, I've made it, you know? And I never dreamed I would have a space that looks this fucking beautiful. And eventually, um, I mean, who knows if I hit uh, on Facebook, I'm trying to hit... Um, a thousand followers okay so that i can um i i have the ability to um get like what is it monetization yeah thank you it's so weird you just look at me and i know yeah i couldn't remember what it was called but like i've turned my personal business my personal page into essentially like your artist profile like my artist profile yeah because most of what i post on there anyway is, is art yeah but i'm at like seven or nine twenty uh, she's close math <laughs> we're, we're almost there so just... i'm almost there i'm like 20 something people away from hitting a thousand so Ring or see a art go and follow it on facebook if we do that i can do like a video and a tour throughout my studio Ooh, yeah so i got a lot of plants in here for all you plant people i got a lot of artwork up i have different altars up yeah there's a little art piece that i drew yeah i have her little mushroom up i like keeping other people's art i'm really proud of that thing um but yeah no like have even just seeing like your your original artwork evolve from you know, whenever we first met to now, it's just, there's been such a shift in, you know, in just every bit of your work. Like I know that every artist puts a little piece of their soul into their art. Um, they're not horcruxes, calm down. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, you leave a little bit of yourself behind, yeah. you know, like with me, I shed my hair. So everybody gets a little piece of me whenever I mail their package. No. <laughs> um, but you know, like you, or you get cat hair and I'm or, sorry, I got five cats. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, yeah. Don't know what you're asking for, but there's always that little piece of the artist that is embedded into essentially, I don't want to say like the soul of the canvas, but like, you give that canvas a part of you and it carries on your legacy. Yeah. And you know that, like, I think I've, I've seen that evolution of your art and it's just, you know, like I'm fucking proud, dude. Like, <laughs> and you know, I, 
I don't think I've ever had a group of friends like like you guys, um, you know, and just seeing everything that everybody's done has just been incredible. But yeah, yeah, I definitely love to surround myself with like I I tend to surround myself with like career oriented women or career oriented people or people who are just really passionate in general. My six cap stellium ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing is like, you know, with your artwork, it's it's evolved to the point now where you're in galleries. And yeah. so while we're kind of talking about your gallery pieces, um, I have a feeling I know what the answer to this question is going to be. Oh, no. Um, but what memorable responses have you had to your work? So like when people when people see your work for the first time and they like they'll respond to it. Like what are some of the like most memorable reactions that you've gotten? <laughs> okay. Uh so well, the first one I think of is uh the Hamilton piece. I knew that that was where we were going. Um, I had a feeling this was going to be the My answer. my most memorable and it's it's funny cuz I don't know why this is my most memorable one. But um, one of my most memorable uh, reactions was actually when I was living over at my dad's house still, and I was working, I was in the middle of working on the piece. And, or no, no, I'm sorry, I had just gotten finished with the piece. Um, and I was, I had that set aside because I was working on other pieces for uh the show that was coming in november and uh my downstairs neighbor um had uh has a daughter and uh, she would come and talk to us and visit us every once in a while and um she uh we were talking and everything and she goes oh by the way I really like your Hamilton piece. And I was like, oh, you know who that is? And she was like, well, yeah, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I was like, oh, good. I'm really glad that, that, it, that it looks like him because I wasn't sure. And I haven't, like, showed this to a lot of people because I was really keeping it, like, hush, hush. I don't even think I saw a lot of it until after it was done. Like, I saw, like, the opening stages and stuff, but, like, yeah. it, I didn't see... When I started really piecing it together, no one no, saw a lot no, of it. No, I didn't, because I saw I saw the debut of it at the gallery, and that mm -hmm. was, like, I was just I was, my mind was blown. Yeah, that one, um, a lot of people didn't see it because, and that, that canvas, that whole... That canvas has been on a whole ass journey. I've painted <laughs> over that canvas. Well, first of all, I got that canvas for free um, from a really good friend of mine that I used to work uh, at the casino with. And he was emptying out his garage and, you know, he was like, hey, I know you do a lot of painting. Do you want this? If you can come on by and pick it up. And I was like, absolutely. Um, I... I don't know what I painted on it first, but I do know that at one point it was supposed to go to a client and the client never got their work. So I was like, listen, like a year later, I'm like, listen, I'm going to have to paint over this because it's, uh, I know you've paid for it, but like, it's not, I'm not doing anything with it if it's just sitting in my house. Right. Like you haven't come to pick it up. Right. And so they never got back to me. So I ended up painting over it, you know, because I hate 
letting a canvas just sit there and waste, especially right. a canvas that is such a big size. Because for those of you who, who haven't seen the Hamilton piece, um, it's like 40 by 40 inches, I think. So it's a very large piece. Yeah. Um, probably one of my biggest to date, if not my biggest to date. I want to say it is your biggest. I think so. Um, but so, so I painted over it and I tried to paint this, this woman on it and I just didn't like it. And then I saw Hamilton. You're welcome. <laughs> and I have watched it so much that I can absolutely quote it by heart. Oh yeah. Um, because it, it was just really fucking inspirational. And if you haven't seen Hamilton, why? Why have you not seen Hamilton? Go do that now. I mean, like, not right now, but like as after soon as you, this episode is over, go watch Hamilton. All right. And just vibe. Um, but I knew that I wanted to create that as a Hamilton piece. So I started out with acrylic and did like the background of the colors and stuff like that, that they had on stage. Mm -hmm. I added some gold leaf to it. And then is when I started to tea stain and coffee stain the piece. Um, because at first I was going to do the, I don't think I've even told you this. At first I was going to do the Hamilton logo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I printed that for I you didn't... so you could look at it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, and I know we're getting way off topic here, but a lot of people have wanted to know how I do the Hamilton, or yeah. how I did the Hamilton piece. So I figure while we're on it, I might as well tell might you guys. Might as well talk about it. Yeah. Um, but we'll get back to reactions here in a second. But uh, so I just decided I, I found some really good photos of Lin-Manuel Miranda as Hamilton on stage. And I did a black and white version. And I think one thing that people don't understand for my work, I do a lot of research. Like there's a lot of prep work that goes into whatever it is I'm creating. There's also a lot of, Hey, Culps, can you print this for me? Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. Cause uh, my, my printer is either on the fritz or out of ink or we just technology just doesn't get along with me. Um, it's fine. I've accepted that it is what it is. Um, but I do a lot of prep work. Um, not so much for my backgrounds and stuff like that, but for the subject matter. Yeah. And like so, your poison goddess, you did a lot of research into that. Oh one. yeah. Yeah. So much research, but I had several angles of him just to get kind of an idea. Uh, but I started off tea staining and coffee staining a bunch of sheets that I had printed out with quotes from, uh, the musical and quotes from Hamilton himself. Um, so I did a lot of research into the confusing mind of Alexander Hamilton himself. Oh, buddy, if you haven't if you haven't read some of his work, it's a doozy. It is hard to understand. Like, it really fucking is. I, as a historian, like I've had to read the Federalist Papers. And yeah, because oh, the yeah. man didn't understand what a run-on sentence was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he put Sir, like three sentences in one, and I'm like, hold on, let me. Can I just? Let me process all of what you just said because I understand it. You're like writing in punctuation right. so that you but can I understand have to break it. it down. Um, but then I ripped up all of the pieces of paper because I wanted to find, I wanted to create it like a puzzle. Yeah. So I wanted to give it an organic feel where like I found shapes that fit 
the pieces of his face like the contours and everything. yeah so it was and and i made sure that i did darks and lights and stuff like that so i could help the contrast and the shadows and stuff like that i love that and uh so that part was a lot of work because first i had to draw it all out right and then i had to piece it together with no real like shading or lines or anything like that only what like my mind's eye could see if that makes sense yeah and even russ commented like i i would ask him because i ask him a lot like during my work hey does this look okay does this look like right and he couldn't see it and i was like but man i see it so much even without all the shading i hadn't done anything i was like i can see it i know exactly what this is gonna look like um but uh, during that stage i did a lot of a lot of actually burning the paper because i wanted to fray the edges and make them look old and i burnt myself so also much. a tribute to burn from the soundtrack i burnt myself so much during that process um, I don't recommend it, but what I was doing is I was like, I would set it, like light it, blow it out, and then I would pinch it with my hand to like get it to, because so you get oven mitts when it when it well I didn't think about that, <laughs> <laughs> or I would take it and I would like rub it on the edge of an ashtray. Um, it was yeah, that was I had never done anything like this, so I had no fucking clue what I was doing the whole time. And I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I knew what it wanted, what I wanted it to look like. But that final result, man. Oh, oh man, God. yeah. And so then I started playing around with charcoal, and I ruined it because it was a glossy finish. And so my mentor with the art institute was like, "Hey, just put a matte finish on it. It'll be great." And I'm like, "Cool." And it worked. And I was so nervous it wasn't going to. And um, so then I did shading with charcoal and water-soluble graphite, and that's where it really started coming together because I got all the shadows and stuff in there. But a lot of people always ask, the hair, the hair. And, yeah, the hair and the beard are actually, I wasn't getting as much texture as I wanted with the charcoal. So I went and got the black crinkly, the crinkly paper. paper. Yeah, <laughs> and I straightened it out and I mod podged it and I basically gelled his hair on there. <laughs> Um, and the beard, and then I, get, I gave him, like, long pieces of beard so I could cut it short so it, so it, it feels like stubble. Oh, yeah, wow. it feels like stubble on the chin. Well, I don't, I'm not allowed to touch the art in the gallery, Well, so. see, that's, listen, that is a question that I have, because it's your art. You yeah, should be right, you're able right. to touch it. I was it. like, that's why I told, um, my hairdresser, Whitley, I was like, she was like, can I touch it? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm sorry, touch it. I don't care. Um, I was like, but can I touch it? Because I feel like I touched it the whole way through, like, and now all of a sudden there's a price tag on it. Can I, I, I just, boop, I just want to just, boop, <laughs> you know, oh, just touch God, it. I remember the gallery opening, you were just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I touched I, it. Yeah, I touched the butt. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that was my favorite reaction is just knowing that it actually looked like when, when, when blah, 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 blah. Lynn, shh, we're recording. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Thank you. Sorry, the drunkle decided to contribute today. Yeah. Um, so you got the one reaction, but my favorite story of, of, of a reaction to the Hamilton piece is Billy's reaction. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Russ and I bring all of the pieces for the for the show uh, over to the gallery, and Billy is the owner, 
That's uh, Billy Twyman with the Twyman Art Gallery. You can actually go and uh, look at the um, Hamilton piece either online or in person if you're feeling a nice, you know, adventure for lunch. Or We will include a link in the description. Man, we got a lot of things to tag today. I'm yep. not going to remember it all. We're going to have to go back and listen to this. Well, it's a good thing I've remembered. Okay, good. Um... But yeah, so we bring it, and uh, he was upstairs, and he was busy, and so um, we left it there with the um, the curator, and as we're leaving the parking lot, uh, we actually get down the road, and we hear, in my opinion, what sounded like the scream of a small child. <laughs> Okay, and of course, like, I'm the passenger, so I'm going to turn around because I'm like, what in the world is that noise? And I realize it's Billy whistling at us and, like, motioning us, like, for us to come back. And so Russ has to pull a Yui and turn around, and so we come back. And it was funny because in the car I told him, I was like, man, I'm really kind of bummed I didn't you know, get to see Billy because I wanted to know, you know, what he thought. Um, because this was my first work that I had brought to him and it was for a show that I was being debuted in. Yeah. So it was like a big deal for me. And so, because I had never done that before either. And so we get inside and he just goes, Brie. And he's like shaking his head at me and he just like gives me the biggest hug and he's just like, wow. And he just keeps staring at it and looking at it and he just, he couldn't get over it. And so it was, it was like the most beautiful response that I I could have ever gotten from somebody, Um, especially someone that I personally have a lot of respect for um, as an individual and as an artist and as a, as a gallery owner. Yeah. I mean, Um, he's absolutely incredible. Like he, because he's not only a gallery owner, he also creates art. He's involved with music and I yeah. absolutely Oh yeah, that. he has a whole set upstairs and he wants me to get on the drums with him sometime because I haven't played drums in a really long time. We should collaborate on something. Oof. Oh, uh, I told him he tried to get me to play one day and I was like, Billy, you ain't trying you ain't roping me in. Mm-mm. Sorry, not today. Um but yeah, so those are probably some of my best reactions that I've gotten. Um, I have yet to make someone cry, which I've always wanted to do. <laughs> That's like your thing. I know. You're like, I want to make but, somebody cry. But but not in a like sad way, like I've hurt you. More like in a I've made you feel way. And so... That was directed at me, by the way. Well... <laughs> not just you, just people in general, because I, f- I feel like people need to feel more sometimes. Um, Call me out, man. Because feeling lets you know that you're alive. I don't know. That's just how I feel. <laughs> Get it? Just, just quote the freaking goo dolls while you're at it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I mean I get it. Like it's it's one of those things where like the you reaction <laughs> when you invoke a reaction like that with your art, it it definitely brings a sense of fulfillment. I know that like as somebody yeah. who's done who's done performance art, you know, theater, music, that kind of thing, like 
when I get reactions from people after my performances, or even if I'm doing like stand up comedy type stuff and I get people laughing, you know, yeah. like that, it just, it brings that sense of like joy and fulfillment and pride in you that like, okay, you know what? I'm good at this. Like, yeah. And you know, you want to have that feeling whenever you're creating because it makes it worth it. It makes all of the stress, all the struggle, all of the, you know, bullshit. It makes it all worth it. Well, so for me, I think what I want more than anything from, for my work to convey and for people to feel is that I want them to look at my work and see themselves. That's really, really important for me because I remember growing up, like art is what kept me going when I was that angry child who was dealing with a lot of shit. A lot of shit that I should not have dealt with at such a young yeah. age. And so, um, but the main thing is I want people to see themselves in my work and to know that they're not alone. That's because I feel like a lot of times people do feel alone in their struggles, in their mental health, in the many chaoses and burdens and hurdles that we deal with. And I just want people to know that I see them and I hope that I can be a good reflection for them through my work. I think that's what I want the most. And I really just want to leave a lot of puzzles behind. Because I, I want to, in some aspects, still remain a mystery. Because I've had, like, one thing one thing Billy likes to tell me all the time. He's like, Bri, I just, I just want to get inside your brain. And I've had people, like, uh, tell me, you know, I just, I love the way that you think. And so I, th I think that's where I like that I bring something unique to the table in my work is because I can twist my work in so many ways and have so many layers of messages and, and hidden things that it'll take people hopefully years to figure it out. It's fun. Okay, so for this last bit of our episode, um, we're going to kind of do like a little bit of a rapid fire mode. Um, and so I'm just going to ask you basically, you know, they're usually like one or two word answers. Oh, okay. So we're going to try to do rapid fire. Oh, okay. Um, for Wait. the end of this episode. Let me take a drink. All right. You ready? No. Hold on. You didn't tell me. Was this part of your plan? Um, no, I literally just came up with this oh, uh, no. while you were talking. Oh, I hate <laughs> that. Okay. Well, so I, I really Did like... Did you write questions while I was talking too? Yes. Um, oh, so... Fucking journalist. <laughs> I really am. Um, I'm, I'm such a writer. Um, but yeah, okay. So rapid fire questions. What's your favorite medium to work with? Ooh, definitely watercolor. All right. What is your favorite time of day to create? I like creating at night because it's when the world is quiet, but I like creating during the day because I love listening to nature. 
right. What's your favorite art style? Spiritual. Galactic. But I also really like uh, styles that speak about injustices. I love that. All right. And the final question that we have is, if you could have your art displayed anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, uh, there is the museum in Italy that houses Van Gogh's work. Are you sure it's in Italy? I don't know. I, I'm not good with geography. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I know it's, I think it's in Italy. I thought it was. Are you sure? No, I'm absolutely not. Are you talking about the Louvre? I don't know. France? Maybe. Because it's also know. got the Mona Lisa displayed. I don't know, okay. honestly. Um, well, I mean... I want to be housed with Van Gogh. If I could ever be housed with anyone, it would absolutely be with Van Gogh. I don't really care. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter to me because if if I am housed with Van Gogh, that is a damn good place to be. So, or like, does does art get housed at the Smithsonian? Uh, yeah. So the Smithsonian does have. Um, so I know like it's that's more it's like historical, isn't it? Well, it it depends because there are a few different um, like sections of the Smithsonian Institute mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a place for art there okay then yeah I would also say the, the Smithsonian I mean yeah there are I mean there are so many different museums and I mean, there are tons of options so you know I, I would love to see your art pretty much anywhere um, but yeah so that's gonna it's gonna end our episode for the day Ooh -ooh. Um, Thank you guys for stopping by and listening to our shenanigans. Yeah, um, we're going to try a couple of new things for the foreseeable future. So we're, um, our schedule is probably going to be like one bigger episode per month. And then we're going to have, you know, like two or three mini episodes that are usually about 15 to 20 minutes long. Yeah, and we it's like a like a subject of the day, kind of like a short subject of the day. Yeah, like a subject of the day. Um, I'm starting a series called Dumb History, um, in which I take the dumbest events from history and somehow make them even dumber. Um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in to the Intoxicated Ants. Do we get to be drunk for those too? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm just well, making sure. Are you kidding? I'm just making absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I'm just making sure. We wouldn't be the intoxicated ants if we weren't intoxicated. It's true. Otherwise, we'd just be the ants. <laughs> That's true. All right. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning into the intoxicated <laughs> thank ants. Thank you guys for your love and support. We will talk to you all next time. See ya.